Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Jackpot. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And uh, we're here this week talking about episode 705 of Adventures in Odyssey, The Labyrinth, part 3. It is a, what, what's the name for the award? Oh, Avery, an Avery Award winning episode. Well, so the three-parter is Avery Award winning, which Mm -hmm. I think is dumb. Yeah. I mean, I understand there's only one credits block, but it's weird to count three episodes as yeah as one episode for the awards and they always do that for like multi-parters do multi-parters pretty much always win because i feel like (laughs) there's no way that like it doesn't have some sort of a leg up on the normal just 25 minute episode you'd think so i'm not an avery awards expert but you know we'll do some research on it likely if anybody in the chat is doing, you doing research right now, Andrew? No, no, keep... certainly okay. not. Okay, no, no, good. No. Just wanted to make sure because I never know with you. <laughs> yeah, you... that's fair. <laughs> I never know with me. This is an episode that first aired March 17th of 2012. It is written by Nathan Hubler and Paul McCusker, directed by Paul McCusker. And it's interesting, they list Paul McCusker first in the credits block on the wiki, but Nathan Hubler is stated first in the credit block at the end of this episode. Huh. So, some dissent, perhaps, or uh, yeah, or I think, I think the wiki just 50/50? has. I think the wiki just has some uh, McCusker bias. Ah, that 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 would check out. That makes sense. You're gonna have to answer for your uh, journalistic integrity, AIO wiki. Also, like when they're writing this stuff, they don't know the credit block as it's gonna be in the episode because they're writing it before the episode, and probably no one bothers to change it because who actually cares? The answer, Chalk Squad, is me. Yeah. <laughs> For 400, what is Dylan Weaver? Yeah, we don't have any cast in this episode that hasn't been the last couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know that I have anything else I want to talk about context at the top here. So if you are good, I'm going to go ahead and roll the promo. Yes, please. On the next adventure in Odyssey, Jason's trip to London reaches a climax as he makes a critical discovery. That's how Craig Robinson got sick. The Koflax is in the vases. But will he figure out the clues in time to stop an evil plot? So Grote is into biological terrorism now. Don't miss the exciting conclusion next time on Adventures in Odyssey. It sounded like Chris was speaking mid-yawn that one line. <laughs> Don't miss the exciting conclusion. You know what, Chris? I get it. I get, you know, I mean, she's been doing this for how many years? Dude, if you listen to the Chalk Pod, I mean, how how often do we yawn? Too many. I mean, I edit a lot of it out, but you can't always. No, no, especially with me. I, I yawn incessantly and also insist on talking through them most of the time, which is really bad. It's a terrible habit. It's, I, I love my parents, but they really should have nipped that one in the bud from a young age. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Maria Sabo, we know you listen. Andrew's coming for you. <laughs> It's my one resent of your parenting is you didn't yell at me enough for talking mid-yawn. <laughs> oh, I man. love you, Mom. So anyway, uh, this episode begins with Dale and, and Jacobs, right? It does, yeah. Andrew. Just say it with confidence and it will be true. <laughs> that is how the internet works. It begins with Dale and Ann Jacobs. Um, they're getting back to their 
motel hotel i was under the impression it's a hotel it's definitely a hotel remember she goes on the whole thing about having booked it through that special place and it's really big and Mm -hmm. also there's a hallway which doesn't happen in motels and i don't even know if there are motels in england seems unlikely especially if they're in london Uh so you shouldn't have second guessed yourself is what i'm saying well the wiki it's that one's also going back to the wiki because it says motel but you know it's definitely a hotel yeah it's definitely a hotel uh yeah and they see they see jason getting into the car getting into a car and he doesn't look super happy and so they're kind of uh scrambling and they tell their cabbie uh their cab driver to follow the car that that jason is going in yes Um, because he's at this point being kidnapped by reggie fingers yeah yeah um yep so i they, mean these, being kidnapped by reggie fingers they see jason get kidnapped and they're like we need to follow that van and the the, the cabbie's like it's gonna cost you extra and i'm like man if this had been jack and joanne this would have been so novacom yeah oh yeah oh yeah definitely an arthur dent situation right just all over again omitted <laughs> shanks um <laughs> Yeah, there's also another bit in this scene where uh, Anne goes in on Dale about being a journalist. I love it. And Dale is like, we've been married for how long? And now's when you're making fun of my profession. It's just, it's great banter. Yeah, it is. It is really funny. And, and I, you know, I listened to this episode, I think, three times in prep for this episode, uh, for recording this. And it does. Brag, why don't you? Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> can't all have a short term of memory as i do (laughs) well because we were supposed to record previously so i listened to it in preparation for that and then i listened to it twice yesterday so yeah i had a long shift at work might as well just embed it as deeply into my skull as possible there you go oh the the cab driver asked them to fill out a form to follow them or something which (laughs) I don't know if that's Apparently standard he practice. Has a policy for if you are going to follow people in a van. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have to fill out a form. Yep. So they they start following. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get then we jump to Jason uh, talking through everything with mm-hmm. with Reggie and and Mycroft thug. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, he's like. You know, he, he explains the whole Koflax situation to Reggie. He's like, do you really want to be involved with this? And Reggie's like, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, you know, the, the, they've got the powder in the vases. And he's like, nope, the vases were empty. You and mean then Jason, the vases were empty. <laughs> and then Jason's like, ah, then they must have been made out of Koflax. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and Thug is like, well, my daughter's super into po- into pottery, so there's like, you know, she made one vase where like the coating melted at room temperature, and I'm like, why? Yeah. Why did she make that? <laughs> I, I mean, don't understand. It, like, <laughs> Was it an accident? It must have been an accident, right? <laughs> yeah, he was talking about the the sealant or whatever before they, they fire it. Um, yeah basically melting at room temperature yep and so it's and then jason's like oh so that's why they were in the refrigerator cases Mm -hmm. um and then he goes on this whole thing about like people at the museum are going to die yeah because don't you care about that reggie and he's like i don't and thug's like well my daughter's at the museum so maybe i care a bit yeah i didn't think groat would in or and reggie's like groat's not gonna endanger our families 
And Jason's like, you're a very naive, like... Criminal, yeah. Mobster. Well, yeah, because he he wasn't concerned about the Koflax at all. And he said that the va- the, the, the vases were empty because Jason thought that the Koflax was like a powder form in the vases. But it's actually baked into the vases. So, you know, it. yeah, this is not a good... <laughs> This is not a strong showing from Sir Fingers here. <laughs> no. Um, as far as uh, mental capacity is concerned. But yeah, Mycroft, pretty good character arc, I'm going to say. Him him kind of coming around in this part uh, makes me pretty happy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's all right. Like, I, I like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because his daughter wants to go Way see Way to give friend. depth to the thug named Thug. Exactly. I mean, I, I would only hope that they'd do the same if it was Mycroft Doctor and he was a doctor, you know. Um, so. Then, uh, yeah, we jump back to the cab with mm-hmm. Ann and Dale. They pull up. They um, see, you know, Jason getting out. And then they get knocked out. Yeah, some guy comes up and I forget what he says, but it's like hello there, or some bad tagline that's not particularly funny. And they spray him with knockout gas, because, yep. of course. And, and uh, as an audience, are we supposed to think it's Koflax and they're dead? I didn't think about that. It didn't... No. Okay. I didn't think that's that That's just where all. my mind went. I was like, there's no chance they're dead, but what if that was Koflax? Is that what we're supposed to believe? I would... I mean, that would be pretty metal. And, you know, Odyssey could definitely stand to kill off some characters and create some drama, but <laughs> I was... I think I was uh, presuming it was the same knockout gas from part one. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, uh, Jason, we cut inside where Jason's getting thrown in the cell with mm-hmm. Sue. Mm-hmm. Um, Reggie walks away. Mycroft stays back and uh, tells Jason where the vases are. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, exits the scene and then comes, comes back, back in. I'm sorry. They're on the third floor, not the second floor. <laughs> or one of those two. It's, yeah. He messes it up. It's really, it's really good. Um, this is when uh, Jason talks to Sue and he's like, all right, so where's the secret escape hatch? And Sue's like, it's a new building. I hate this part of London. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ah, that sucks. It's very, uh, one, very convenient, and two, uh, very inconvenient. Yep. And then uh, Anne and Dale and the cabbie get thrown into the room as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- this is a scene that doesn't make sense, but is, it occurs anyways, mm-hmm. uh, where Mycroft, like... He's like, oh, like grabs Anne's purse and mm-hmm. like goes through and like pulls out her phone mm-hmm. and Dale's like doing some bad bluff. And then he just leaves the phone there because he yeah. wants them to have it. And it's like, why yeah. did you go through any theatrics? Yeah, I I don't get that it's, at all. I think it's just for the great joke where, which I do genuinely like, which mm-hmm. is Dale like BSing a like nonsensical yeah um oh, we've reason for having like reason for why he should keep the phone and why he was using it and whatnot and mycroft just being like oh yeah and, and him walking out and him being like see that dumb <laughs> like that i do like yeah no it is it's really funny and he he might be <laughs> i mean mycroft is definitely on their side and so I'm hoping upon listening to it three times that it was a conscious decision by him and not just him being bad at No, being it a absolutely thug. was. What are yeah. you talking about? Like that's the joke. Okay, okay. As long as he was yeah, no, intending no, not, on helping no. them. Yeah, that was absolutely he was intending on helping them. That makes sense. 
Jason says as much. Then they, uh, what? They're able to call, mm-hmm. and Billings tells Schilling to evacuate the building. That's nice. That's that's some real good rhyming there. <laughs> I should have hit building better. Billings and Billings tell Schilling to evacuate the billing. 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 <laughs> and Billings tells Schilling to evacuate the building. This has been Sue's Corner. Yeah. Not to be confused with Sue's Corner. Which is next? Yes? Next? So, at... <laughs> so, so, yeah, this uh, is when the cops show up. No, well, before that, mm-hmm. before that, we have Reggie pulling in Jason. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And giving him, like, the classic villain shakedown. Yeah. And I really like the performance that uh, Darren Richardson is giving as Reggie Fingers. I think he just has, like, the right amount of, like, grime and snark. Oh, yeah. And it just, it works really well for me. Dennis the Henchman's in this scene as well, Ben Robb, and that's also fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think the fact that his name is Dennis and he's a henchman is very funny. Because <laughs> Dennis doesn't sound like a henchman name. No, certainly not. Like, um, and so Jason gets to, like, sneer it at him. Den- I, do I get my Dennis. jacket and coat back? Dennis. Jacket and coat. Can I get my hat and coat back, Dennis? Yep, right when the cops show up. Oh, it's real, it's real, real sneaky. Yeah, and so Re- Reggie's trying to get Jason to like disable this bug that's on Groat's computer, mm-hmm. the and, Alamo. Yes, and Jason once again tries to explain what the Alamo is to British people. Hardy har. <laughs> ha ha ha. Um, it's a then... movie with John Wayne. <laughs> Don't not bad, Andrew. Oh, thank not you. bad at all. I mean, well, I you, you know listened to it three times. Yeah, <laughs> still good. Yeah, Reggie's all like, "I'm gonna torture Dale mm-hmm. in order to get to you," and I'm like, "Well, you could have started with Sewer Anne, mm-hmm. but regardless, yeah, Jason, obviously this is what's gonna happen." Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, what did you expect? You brought a bunch of civilians into your spy plan, and you don't expect them to get tortured by the bad guys. Yeah, no, they're dead. Damn, like, no. that's the way this works. And every other TV show, they are gone, like, last part. <laughs> yeah, they're at least going to lose a couple fingers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe a tooth or two. Yeah, I mean, it would be very, very... Is losing appendages, is that... That's too harsh for Odyssey? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> that's... Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. There's gotta, they got to allow something, you know? And then, uh, yeah, and then... Uh, Reggie's, they look outside and they're being raided. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like a tank? <laughs> it says yeah. a tank. There's a bunch of cop cars and a SWAT team van and a tank <laughs> have arrived to save Jason. And, Indeed. Uh, yeah. And the, uh, yeah, and then, uh, you know, Fingers is all like orders Mycroft to do something and Mycroft just pulls out a gun and points it at fingers and is like, look, I'm not going to let my daughter die. Yeah. And it's like, he I made do... me choose between you and my daughter and right. I'm awfully fond, fond of, of my her. daughter. I've grown <laughs> awfully fond of her, which I do love. Yeah. I, I don't, Mycroft has like such a sharp turn so easily that it mm-hmm. bugs me a bit, mm-hmm. but I, I get what they're going for and I don't hate it. Definitely. And you know, I think, I mean, as if a three-part wasn't long enough to establish it, but, like, yeah, they they definitely could have done a little bit more work as to 
kind of setting up maybe his hesitancy with everything going on because between part one and part three he goes from you know basically being a mindless thug blindly going along to single-handedly thwarting his plans by i mean by letting them have a phone which called the police that's that's pretty pretty significant and then he tells them where the bases are or vases if you prefer um which is also I don't. very yeah me neither it feels yucky to say i mean i get it mm-hmm. I, I you know if if I was gonna if I was a person who like had a collection of vases, I would probably call them vases. But as a person who just you know occasionally puts like cut flowers into mm-hmm. a, into a glass container, I'm happy to call it a vase. Yeah. Oh yeah. You cannot have a mason jar vase. There are only <laughs> mason jar vases. <laughs> and even that is a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think um, anything you use with a mason jar, other than uh, maybe drinking water and you know preserving fruits and vegetables is is a stretch yeah and then we uh jump outside for like the standard like episode conclusion kind of deal mm-hmm. where uh we're just kind of wrapping up all the loose ends sue's gonna go back with her foster parents dale's mm-hmm. gonna get his story everyone mm-hmm. else is going to jail jason's bug's gonna work yep it's all great yeah it's all perfect except yep. for well see the- here, so here's the thing. So there's this whole weird thing where, like, Sue's going back with her foster family, and she's like, they're awfully suburban, and they don't even like London. And Jason's like, well, good, they shouldn't. Yeah. And I'm like, classic, I uh, just this, the small town snobbery mm-hmm. of Adventures in Odyssey. Especially in regards to cities. So frustrating. Yeah. Cities I, are bad. No, full of sin. No child should ever grow up without, like, an acre of backyard yeah. and a soda shop down the street. And it's just like, well, I don't know what world you live in focus. But. Yeah. I mean, that would be delightful. I mean, do you want to pay for everybody to have an acre of land? <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. You want to do that? Go for it. Uh, yeah, no. I, and like, yeah. So, I mean, I understand Jason's perspective, obviously, you know, doesn't want Sue to be getting into trouble and everything like that. But yeah, it's it's not a not a strong showing for him in this scene, um, just because of his kind of dismissive attitude. Um, but yeah, so there is a uh, Jason then tells Billings that there's a, he puts a tracking device on Groat in the scuffle that they had in the previous episode, which is very convenient. <laughs> yeah, but now they know where the crate is, which it's at uh, what. Reggie Finger's fish and chips in the right because yeah because they will because they can't find Groat or the second crate mm-hmm. and so yeah they uh they sh- go to uh go to Reggie Fingers and mm-hmm. Groat walks in and oh I do like the little note of like oh Jason dropped that tracker on him during like their altercation when yeah. he like charged at Groat which seemed weird I'm like mm-hmm. oh I like the payoff and I it's one of those things where it's like it's a cool spy thing to do specifically in an audio thing mm-hmm. where you don't have to like call attention to with like camera movement mm-hmm. to like him doing the action yeah it can just be this like fun little thing that, like, oh comes you heard it happen but you didn't actually see it and you don't yeah. need any yeah yeah and fair. like you totally buy it like it's just it's nice I like it it's a good good okay fair excellently defended um and uh yeah so so jason sneaks himself and billings in through sue's ducks into the place Mm -hmm. um and they confront groat um 
And Groat we, freaks out, and uh, Jason calls attention, and like, let me tell you about uh, steam ducks or something like that. Yeah. Right before he uh, he kind of arrests them. Well, but and then Billings yeah. grabs a gun out of his pocket. Yeah. And Groat's like, what? You know, MI5 agents, they don't carry... Or MI6. MI5. Uh, MI5. Uh, they don't they don't carry guns, and he's like, this MI6 is MI6 agents do carry guns. Yes. <laughs> I've read Alex Ryder. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Good job. Way to read. This podcast condones reading. <laughs> In all... Well, not all of its forms, but most of them. What, um, what, wait, what literary form does Andrew not condone? I... My first thought is the Kama Sutra, but I don't even know that I can really go out against that. Like, <laughs> uh, Facebook. I don't condone oh, reading Facebook. Don't condone reading Facebook. There oh, it is. That's fair. That's that's my firm stance, and I say that as somebody who uh, benefits greatly for the community that Facebook provides, especially in regards to this podcast. <laughs> but you know, yep. just uh, it's it's probably not great for you. Just saying. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, yeah, so so Billings whips out this gun and is like, Groat, you're going to climb into that coffin full of coflax. And then breathe it. Breathe yep. it in and die because I want revengeance. Revengeance. I want vengeance. Yeah, and so there's, yeah, there's this whole whole thing where, yeah, where Jason is... Um, pushes back and is like no like i'm not gonna let you do this you know he's he's like Groat does actually climb in mm-hmm. yeah no and no, then yeah. and then jason starts to do it and he's like look you will like i'm gonna let Groat out shoot me if you will yeah and it's a very like it's very much what we saw with Wit and with Jack mm-hmm. during Blackard stuff. Exactly. That was exactly what I was thinking. And so it feels like this is Jason's like grow up moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he's like, I and I I like this scene a lot because it does progress through Jason's emotions regarding the situation very yep. well. So initially he's like, he's the one with the gun. Like, I can't do anything about it. Right. And then, you know, when it becomes abundantly clear and he's trying to talk, you know, Billings through right. this. Right, right, right. Well, and he, he, he starts going off on Billings and just being like, trying to talk Billings down and basically yeah. be like, look, he's look you don't want this on your conscience. Like, Gro- Groat's going to go to jail and Billings makes the great point of like, dude, he's like, he's not. Like, mm-hmm. he's like he's gonna like get by with a slap on the wrist yeah. and like go to a he cushy killed jail. my partner yeah um i don't know penny farthing or whatever the the dumb yeah. money related name that his partner had dollar um, dollar bills y'all my partner <laughs> ty dollar sign <laughs> and and so it's just yeah and jason realizes like this is not going to work like mm-hmm. i can't talk him down from this mm-hmm. and then that's where he's just like i'm putting my own life in the line yeah he's um, like are you prepared to shoot me if i let him out because yeah you know you're yep. gonna have to choose and billings is like yes and he's like well you better prepare yourself and then we cut to a scene in jason stumbling into dale's room mm-hmm. late at night mm-hmm. um obviously having survived and he yeah, it reveals that, like, yeah, he stopped, you know, Billings from killing Groat and mm-hmm. that whole thing. Um, and, yeah, they just have a really good 
talk he he talks about the fact that like he like he wanted vengeance just as much as billings did mm-hmm. and under different circumstances he might have done the same thing which is so good that he recognizes that because yep. it is in line with jason's character and all of the character development that we've seen so I, far yes. i am really sad that this couldn't be a jack episode mm-hmm. just for this wrap-up conversation like i like jack through and through but this is a conversation that it pays off so much of the um so much of the blackguard stuff so well Mm -hmm. where they are on opposite sides and Mm -hmm. that's never really resolved Mm -hmm. like jason like eventually they like team up Mm -hmm. but it's always it's like jack is being like the person with like grace Mm -hmm. and jason is the guy with the plan Mm -hmm. and this just finally feels like oh like jason is being sacrificial he is very much embodying jack yeah and his own father Uh in this scene yeah especially like old arrowhead yes a hundred percent like and it's just it's really it's really good and i like that he gets to debrief about it here with dale Mm -hmm. but i think the poignancy of him being able to debrief with jack who's been with him on this journey mm-hmm. would it, and is like a father figure and it just makes a lot more sense for it to be jack than yeah. dale because they, I think they like, have that relationship right but and i think to to the credit of hubler and mccusker like given the circumstances they make it work they did a really good job there's a nice thing where like yeah jason's talking about like the struggle of like you know living in lies in order to Mm -hmm. like you know save truth yeah is like his whole thing and dale talks about like having to live with that question as a journalist which is like i'm glad that they found an angle and they made this relate to dale's character Mm -hmm. because you could have just put jack's words in dale's mouth and been like eh good enough yeah but they're like okay we don't have like we we have to come up with an angle that works for jack and there's there's no or that we have to come up with an angle that works for dale there's no jack corollary here he wouldn't have had a comment like this yeah well, yeah, and, and you think so, about, like, how how would Dale respond given such information right. and, like, things about his character. And so it is, yeah, it's just, like, good writing to the character you have, even if it's mm-hmm. not the character you wanted. Mm-hmm. And worse, there are points through this arc that you can see you can see the fact that they were really scrambling to make this work. There are other points that really ring true, and I think this is, like, good Mm-hmm. Like I, I am like really happy with what with the conversation they're able to have, even if I can like wish that it had been, yeah, that it yeah. had been different. But also like, yeah, I mean they, they it works they for made Odyssey. It, work. it works for Odyssey better as a show. I feel like if they have Jack in this moment, but like as a pinch hitter, they did an incredible job with right. with uh, um, Dale and Anne. Yeah. And and yeah, and so um or should I say Mr. and Mrs. Jacobs. <laughs> yeah. And so Jason's just kinda like, I think I'm ready to go back go to Odyssey. Home. Like I'm I I, I want to go to Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. Cause um, he, he kind of mentions like, you know, Odyssey's a really good place to figure this out. Like, how are you supposed to 
how are you supposed to operate as somebody with morals and exposing the truth when the action of exposing the truth and the work that you're doing puts you in morally compromising situations. Right. Um, and yeah, and the idea of kind of retreating to Odyssey for Jason makes a lot of sense. And hearing this makes me very excited for like what Jason does when he comes back to Odyssey. Mm-hmm. I hope he does something cool, but I, I genuinely don't know. Um, and I mean, how much, how many more episodes of Aftermath do we have? So we still have uh, six episodes after this. Okay. Um, but is the long end? Is that long end? Is the final conclusion? That we've got three... that's a three parter. So okay. we've got three before then. Okay. But but yeah, it is just yeah. I'm excited for Jason to to come back. I like that they made this. Yeah, they made this episode like these episodes kind of the conclusion of his spy thing and that it ends in such a good place of him not like the point that his spy career goes out on is not him outsmarting outwitting the bad guy Mm -hmm. which is what we've seen of jason so far yeah it's It's very spy agent it is it's him being like sacrificial Mm -hmm. and i just i love that yeah, I love that that's like when they're like, okay, we are going to move Jason back to Odyssey. Let's get him out of spies, like the pin they end on. Yeah, and I is... was not expecting them to pull that card with this arc. Like, at the end of Blackguard, it made a lot of sense because we have these really long-standing characters for something that's been going on. But this is a three-part episode where, I mean, Groot is obviously introduced in... Um, green ring barely barely but but you know as far as being a major character and you know being heard and everything he's involved in uh in the labyrinth and yeah having it end with him siding with the bad guy only so that justice is preserved is like really good and very powerful in a way that i was not expecting and like kudos to hubler and mccusker for for they really landed the plane here and we go out on dale and jason praying together which is just yeah. like it's, a, it's the it's like a classic odyssey move and i just it gets me every time like it always mm-hmm. works well yeah and dale's like you know when was the last time you prayed and jason goes like well yeah i guess it's been a while which is was surprising for me as a listener to hear i was like i figured you know he's got to be above reproach you know he's yeah. gonna be praying through this the entire time right. but jason is kind of like yeah. Nah, you know, I, I did get caught up in this. Right, I, like I he's should the get... shot. Well, and it's this whole thing about the about the labyrinth where mm-hmm. he's like, you know, he's he's gotten all tangled up and in all this mystery and intrigue and in being a hero and in stopping the bad guys that he's yeah, maybe lost his centering. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. It's just, just very it's cool. Important. Yeah. Um, and I think I think it's especially cool when we know so there's there's a good write up in the guide here talking about how this episode changed over the course of the writing. Mm-hmm. And so the in addition to um yeah, just just a little bit, there was a version of this unsurprisingly where Tasha was involved as well. Of course. Um because, I mean, you gotta. Yeah. If you got Jason, you know, you gotta at least consider. Consider um, Tasha. Tasha. 
but but the more the more interesting thing is they talk about this whole dilemma of Jason's conscience, which is what they're kind of like prodding at through this whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of laid the groundwork with him being undercover in Green Ring, but this is really them getting to explore um, what that could be. And the yeah, they talk about not wanting to push you know the violence too far because mm-hmm. of you know age range but they always 12 <laughs> right but they always had this final conflict in the broad strokes but in their first outline it they had jason lock groat in the coffin and then groat died that <laughs> that would have been different I, I mean, really would have. I would that have been interesting is, to see what they would have done with the aftermath of that. It for sure would have been interesting to like chase down that rabbit hole. I think they ultimately made a better call, but that would be an interesting one. I if, think that it would be more like there'd uh, be a lot to explore there. Yes, yeah, I feel like it'd be better for the plot. Like it'd be more interesting, but like also definitely worse for the show. Yeah, to have I don't Jason know. kill somebody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. And then they had, right, they, they, they had a version of basically like what we've seen, except J- Jason didn't step in and stop him oh. and just had to reckon with the, like, I, like, I could have stopped him, but I didn't. Does that mean I'm, like, at fault or not? Mm-hmm. Um, which, once again, like, all these conversations would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then And then there's a version the version right before this one, which was, um, Jason dying. No, was, oh. <laughs> was Jason trying to save Groat mm-hmm. and not being able to get the crate open in time. Oh, and Groat dying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you imagine that, how that would transfer into an audio drama. Yeah. And then, and so then they landed on this version. And I think it's really interesting just to, I, I like that they laid that all out there. Because it's mm-hmm. cool to see their process. And it's like, they clearly want this to be a pivotal point in Jason's character arc. Mm-hmm. And have some broad strokes of the themes they want to deal with. But do we have Jason kill him? Do we have Jason stand there and watch while he dies? Mm-hmm. Do we have Jason like try and fail to save him? Mm-hmm. And they end up going on like the jason like puts his own life on the line Mm -hmm. to save him which like as clunky as it sounds it works really well because in that situation like billings is definitely caught off guard where jason's like nah man you're you're gonna have to kill me like yep because yeah it's the he's mentally prepared to kill Grove, but he's not mentally prepared to kill jason right well it's the whole like laying down laying down one's life for your enemy mm-hmm. like few Which people I love yeah it's just it's so good and i think truly any of those versions has a really interesting story spring from it like i like what the writers were hitting on with this final scene and i'm really happy with what they landed on yeah because i think it it and i so so i think the version of this that doesn't work is if they go with the version they did but then don't have like the reason this scene works is because afterwards jason's like 
I wanted vengeance, I might have done this mm-hmm. too in yeah. different circumstances. Yeah. And I that acknowledgement is so crucial. Mm-hmm. Because if you just have it as him doing Jason, the right like, thing. Right, doing the right thing, being Superman. Like, I like that they let, like, that he doesn't stop him initially. The Grove mm-hmm. climbs into the coffin, and then Jason's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, then he steps in, and it feels like it, it makes it so much clearer of, like, being able to see the path of how they got here. Mm-hmm. How this scene turns out so well. And I think it's just, like, a good, like, this is good writing. This is like having a bunch of drafts, distilling that down into, okay, what is it that we want to communicate? Mm -hmm. And what is it, and like, what is the impact we want our audience to have? And what are the lines that like, we don't think we can cross? Mm -hmm. Because I think, I think the conversation afterwards and Jason's slowness with moving to it communicates thematically the same thing that all the other drafts did but it leaves it with less eternal consequences for the character yeah and i think that that is the right play it's also maybe you know it's less traumatic for the listener which i think when you're making a show for kids is good but you're still but you're not just going like oh, American hero man, like, is willing to just, like, willy-nilly throw his life on the line, Mm. doesn't... Because, like, right, if you... Like you said, if you just have a... The secret agent is willing to lay down his life for the villain, it's like, then, like, in your mind, you just picture, like, Jason just, like, jumps in front, is like, no, don't do this, Mm -hmm. and Billings is like, ah, no, I guess I can't shoot my friend, so he just stops. Like, Mm -hmm. Like, it's the... There's a way that this comes across way less important and way more flippant. Mm -hmm. And I think because they distilled it down over all these drafts, you get a version that is not traumatic, but communicates the same like undertones. Well, yeah. And, and I think all the strength comes from showing Jason in a vulnerable light and giving him these opportunities of weakness. I mean, thinking back of the, you know, three years that we've been making this podcast and all of the episodes involving Jason that I have a lot of affection for, most of them involve him not being either 100% in the right or being in the wrong and being vulnerable and, you know, having that as an opportunity for growth um, in a way that maybe a character like Wit uh, doesn't have the same amount of leniency. For sure. Um, yeah, no, I... I, when, you know, this episode's not super long. It's like, what, 21 minutes, maybe 22. Um, Like, halfway through, once they thwarted the plan with the Mm -hmm. co-flax initially, I I looked at the episode timer and I was like, what is going to happen in these last 10 minutes? Like, this is going to drag on, right? And then we get this, you know hail mary of a scene between yeah. uh, billings and jason and, and i like Grote. that they I, I think taking all other players out of the scene mm-hmm. also increases its poignancy where it's oh, like yeah. you don't have to worry about the bystanders and you get this like straight up like yeah proper showdown between these three people mm-hmm. um which yeah i, I just i think it all it all works really well. Yeah. Well, um, and I'm very curious great... to see what they do with Grote and Jason regarding this in the future, right? Because G- Jason saved Grote's life, 
and right. presuming Groat's not gone for good, is that going to come back and be a factor in the future? Right. I don't and, know. Yeah, I mean, and Groat might just be off to jail and out of sight, out of mind. We don't, we don't know because mm-hmm. this is the last episode of Adventures in Odyssey I listened to prior to starting this podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just I don't know. I I th- this episode really truly sticks the landing. Yeah. It is. It, it deserves higher well, than a 93 on It's on the, well paced. Like, it's thematically great mm-hmm. and I'm just like I'm I'm yeah, I'm happy with it. Yeah. I mean, and as a three-parter, it does uh, it does a great job, I feel like. Yeah, I, I think establishing it's, a world, creating empathetic characters and It's a pretty balanced three-parter too where yeah. it doesn't feel like I don't know. We, we we talk a lot of times about like the second episode dragging or the third episode being just like one long climax mm-hmm. and or this... an about face complete lead for something else. Right. Like... And this episode like balances it nicely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good good feelings all around regarding this Avery Award winning episode. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Three part episode. Yeah. Um, um anything else you uh you want to say here, Andrew, before we go out? Not I mean, rate it higher on the AI wiki because it's a ninety-three percent, and I think that this this bad boy deserves at least ninety-five percent. Um, yeah, I so, can get behind that. You know, if you uh, if you if you're a member of the wiki, log on and show your love or disdain for this episode. Yeah. Hey, and if you don't like this episode, and you've got interesting reasons behind that write to us and let us know i'm always i feel like we don't get enough like contrary opinions i feel like everyone's just kind of like either like agrees or stays silent so like if you guys disagree with stuff we say from time to time uh i mean i i don't know that it's going to make a difference but i'm at least interested Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and hey i mean occasionally like we're dumb and we like miss stuff yeah mess up mess up or just like aren't thinking about the greater effects of what is happening mm-hmm. positive or negative well so. and and how it fits in especially with stuff like this regarding newer odyssey i'm missing a lot of context i feel like as far as what the show looks like in this uh era yeah. um but yeah no very very positive feelings regarding this mm-hmm. and regarding the chalk squad in general yeah just a great great pal great pals Anything uh, anything you'd like to plug for your pals, Andrew? Nope. No. Okay. Plug free. Me, me, me too. So uh, next week, we'll be back talking about episode 724, Home Again, part one. Bye, guys. Bye. Modfam Chalk Puppet is a presentation of the Lytics Podcast Co-op. Follow the podcast at WadFamChalkPod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at WadFamChalkPod at gmail.com. The Labyrinth Part 3 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the WadFamChalkPod.